Hey, this is Mike Brake, and I'm the pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. I want to say thank you for stopping by our podcast today. We really do believe that you're only one step away from the relationship with God that you've been wanting. So I hope the message today gives you encouragement, gives you some vision so that you can take that next step towards freedom. Enjoy the message. How many of you guys have ever played uh, golf before? Have you ever played golf? I mean, it doesn't, if you've just played one time or if you've played several times as a golfer, you know it's frustrating. Like, golf is extremely frustrating. I have, I have my golf clubs here. Uh, this one is my five-wood, my trusty five-wood. It's nicknamed Sweet Basil. I've had this since um, high school. It's like a $5 Walmart five-wood. It's nothing special. But this club, more than any other club, when I hit it, it, it not all the time, but a lot of the times, it will go in the direction that I want it to go. And so it's kept the name Sweet Basil. I like it. Now, this club here... There's something wrong with this club. This is a two iron. Now, every time I swing my two iron, I get up to hit it. I line up the ball. I take my practice swing. I'm, I'm set. I've, I, you know, I envision where I want the ball to go. And then I go. And every time I hit this two iron, it never goes where I intend for it to go. And if you, you, you've played golf or you've seen one, uh, somebody playing and the ball doesn't go what the, in the direction that they want it to go or how they envisioned it to go, what do they do? I mean, they're, they're swinging their club, making a pastor say things he ought not to say. Um, they're th- you know, th- throwing it somewhere as if there's something wrong with the club. Like they're looking at it and they're talking, you know, this dumb club, this club. Club's fine. Club is absolutely fine. Nothing wrong with the club. If I'm honest in those moments, there's something that is wrong with my swing. But yet I think there's something wrong with the club. So I put it in the bag and I never swing it because it's frustrating and something must not be working. And that makes me think a lot when we come to prayer as Christians, we would say, hey, prayer's great. Prayer's needed. Prayer's necessary. But it's frustrating, if we're honest, because I would envision prayer going a certain way sometimes. Like, I mean, if I were God, I mean, this isn't like a big grand request. It would seem pretty simple, pretty obvious, God, that you would would at least speak. Like, sometimes you're so silent. I prayed and I didn't hear anything. And then when I did pray and Maybe I got an answer, but it, it wasn't the answer that I wanted, or I just didn't see things working out. Prayer is frustrating when it doesn't go the way we think it ought to go. And then we kind of think, well, maybe, maybe it doesn't work. Maybe there's something wrong with prayer, and we just put it in the bag and we don't use it correctly. We're starting a brand new series today, a three-week series called Dangerous Prayers. And I want to look at prayers that are dangerous in a good way, but prayers that I believe will work. Prayers that I believe that if we really open up to these things, I believe that these, these next few weeks today, might be a game changer, might be a life changer for you in how we get the club of prayer back out of the bag again and take some swings because I think God's going to answer these prayers. But I will warn you, they are dangerous. They are not fun. They may not feel like the prayers you want 
to pray, but we're going to look at them and dive into them. I think God's going to, to really change some lives and set some of us free today. Are you, are you, are you want to go on this journey with me? You're, you're here with me, so I'm, I'm excited. You can get up and leave at any point, but I, I really, I'm excited for this new series where I think God's going to lead you, where he's going to lead me. At the same time, I'm a little bit scared because these, as I've been prepping, are not necessarily fun. Let's, uh, Let's look at Luke chapter 11, verse 1. If you have the, your Bible, you can open there. We're going to jump around at different places today. It will be up on the screen as well or in your Bible app. Nope, it's not in your Bible app because I didn't load it in there today. So I apologize. No notes uh, today. You're going to have to actually write the notes on your hand or on, your, on a note card or in your Bible as well. Luke chapter 11, verse 1 says, Once Jesus was, pray, was in a certain place praying. And as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, Teach us to pray, just as John, John the Baptist, taught his disciples to pray. Now, these guys, they knew how to pray. They, they prayed, but there was something about Jesus and the way he was praying that made them think, hey, maybe we're doing it wrong. Like, he's, he's doing something a little bit different. I'm a little bit curious. Jesus, teach us how to pray. And I, I, as I've been thinking about this and wrestling with this, maybe we're doing it wrong. If we're not happy with the results of prayer, maybe we're doing it uh, slightly wrong. Because I know for myself, a lot of times I pray this, the same old prayers about the same old things. And a lot of it have to deal with blessing and safety. God, please, thank you for today. Bless, just bless today. God, uh, we're going to go on travel, on vacation in a little bit. Bless our travels. Keep us safe. God, thank you for this meal. We ask your blessing on this meal. Um, thank you for providing. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those, but a lot of my prayers are very general. And they also seem to go around blessing and safety. I want comfort in those. And, and they asked Jesus, teach us to pray. And he he. He rattles off the, what we would know as, as like the Lord's Prayer. It's captured here in Luke, but I'm going to jump back over to Matthew chapter 6 because he says basically the same prayer there in Matthew chapter 6. And he says, pray like this, or this is how you should pray. And I want to say right off the bat, he's giving us a model for how to pray. Not pray these exact words, and then it's like a magic formula, and then prayer will work. He says, pray like this. This is how you should pray. I'm giving you a model. Now, if you want to recite the Lord's Prayer, and you genuinely mean it, and it draws you closer into God, and you want to follow His will, then do that and pray that. But if you're going to pray the Lord's Prayer as a magic formula to get God on your side or something like that, I don't think that's what Jesus' point was here. They said, teach us to pray. And he says, pray like this. I'm going to give you a model for how to pray. And he says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, I have, I'm from Missouri, so I have some redneck roots in me. And growing up as a kid, it was, our Father art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Our Father art in heaven. And I'm like, who is art? And why, when did God change his name to art? What's he do? Our Father art in heaven? 
I'm like, our father art, come on, what is going on? But then I read it and it's like, our father, oh, okay. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now on Father's Day, I think it's important to point this out. They said, Jesus, tell us, tell us how to pray. And if you took the, the gods of those days, or if you just had the concept of God, you might think, oh, well, we're tiny little humans. There's this big God. You might just, instead of our father, it might be like, don't bother. Like, why? just don't. I mean, God has nothing to do with you, but no. God's, God's not gender. Okay, God's not human. He's spirit, but he's like, how can I, hmm, how can I best describe God to you guys? He's not male or female. He's spirit, but he's like a dad. Like the best dad, the perfect dad. I think the best way I can, I can start this conversation, pray into this God is, is like a father. He can be trusted. Someone that has your best interest in mind. He's tender. He's, he's intimate. He also has authority in your life and he's wise. Our father. So it, it points to the family nature that, that God wants in, in, in a relationship with you. It's not don't bother. It's, it's I'm a father to you. You are a son. You are a daughter of the God in heaven. No qualifications. That's it. And so many times we're like, oh, no way, not me. I, I can't, you know, I'm like this, this person on the outside because of things. That, no, father. Period. Son, daughter, take it to the bank. You're talking to your dad. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, I don't know what that means. I had to look it up. But it's, it's holy. May your name be holy. It's, it's this big idea of who God is. So he's starting this off. He's starting this prayer of, who am I even talking to? That's a great place to start your prayers. Who am I talking to? Talking to God, our Father, this big, big God of the universe that would seemingly want nothing to do with you, yet he wants everything to do with you. And he says, come on in. That ought to spark a little bit of, wow, wow. I'm being invited into a, con when I pray, I'm being invited into a conversation. Thank you. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is where we're going to stop and take a break because this is a dangerous prayer. Our, our Father in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, if you know the Lord's Prayer, um, you know the next part says, give us our daily bread. I don't think we need any coaching on the give us today stuff. All right? You, you, we know. Give us this. Keep us from temptation. We, we know how to ask God for things. So I'm, I, I think we're okay there. I'm going to focus in today and throughout the series on your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This stuff right here is dangerous. And a core value at Freedom Church is prayer first. Prayer is not a last resort. It is a first resort. And I want you to know whatever battle you're facing today, maybe you've come in here and you've got some, some relational drama that's going on in your life. 
Maybe you've come in here and there's something emotional that's going on. I don't know how many physical battles that we've got going on. But I want to tell you, whatever battle you're facing, financial, physical, relational, emotional, it does not matter. There's a, it's a spiritual battle first. Which is why we want to put a core value at Freedom Church, prayer first. We will fight our battles first spiritually with God and take it there and see him work things out on all the other levels. When I go and I pray with my boys at at nighttime, um, my wife and I, we will have a little uh, reading time reading different books, and then sometimes we'll pray. And um, don't get like, oh, super spiritual on us because um, it's not that glamorous or super spiritual. Like we can be in there talking about, okay, what do we want to pray about? Or we're saying a prayer, and then one of the boys or maybe dad or somebody like lets one rip, and the whole room just wants to like clear out because it's just like you can't even stand it. So, I mean, it can, it just, when you have little boys, that's the way it goes sometimes. But, When I pray for my boys, um, I will pray a prayer that kind of goes, God, help them to build your kingdom in a powerful way. God, make them leaders in your kingdom. Help them change the world in a powerful way. Now, my six-year-old hears me say, hey, help them change the world. And he's like, whoa, like change the world, like superhero, like I can like make clouds and change the weather and like he's, he's you know and I'm like mm, maybe more like um, like helping people helping others that's how we change the world now I know when I pray that prayer help them build the kingdom in a powerful way deep down inside like he may not know what that means but and I don't necessarily know what that means I just know it's dangerous that to really live that out there's probably going to be some hardships that come their way and it's easy for me to maybe kind of pray that for them But I I want to talk about in this series how we can pray this stuff for us. How do we build his kingdom? See, his kingdom come now, today, in our lives. I want to give you three prayers that you can pray. Three dangerous prayers that you can pray starting today. That you'll start seeing God's kingdom come, not only in your life, but in the people around us. And the first one is search me. Search me comes from Psalm 139. David is singing this song. It's a song um, in the book of Psalms. But Jesus, as we know, would often pray psalms. So it's not necessarily a bad thing when, when you read through the psalms. It's not just something to, to sing. I, it's, you can pray it too. He prayed Psalm 22 when he was on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's the first verse or the first uh, line of Psalm 22. Psalm 139, verse 23 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Let's, let's just uh, say that together as a prayer together. I'll read it and then we, we, let's read it all together. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Search and know my heart. You might know somebody that, um, you might, oh, well, they got a good heart. They, there's a worship leader. He sings good, but, uh, or he doesn't sing very good, but he's got a good heart, like he's into it. 
Jeremiah, the prophet, in 17, chapter 17, verse 9, says, no, 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 no. Let's think about how God sees the heart. He says it's deceitful and wicked above all things. Who can know it? Our hearts are deceitful. Anyone ever told a lie? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Have you ever told a lie? Look at the people who are not raising their hand and just look at them. I mean, just look at them, okay? One of the, we, we, we all tell a lie, but one of the, the people that we lie to the most is ourselves. And we will justify things to ourselves and we'll tell her, oh, well, it's not that bad or it's not that big of a deal. And we will lie to ourselves. And he's saying, God, you know my heart. Search my heart. You tell me. You speak into my life what's going on. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. We live in a day and age where anxiety is just running rampant. That's one of my biggest things that I struggle with is my anxiety. God, show me my anxious thoughts. Another way to word that is show me my fears. What do you fear the most? You ever thought about that? What are you, what are, what are you afraid of? My wife asked me that question a couple weeks ago. I hate that question because I can't hide from her. I know I can't hide from God. But as I'm, as I'm honestly trying to evaluate, what am I afraid of? I, a lot of my fears comes to this church. What if, we, what if we fail? Maybe worse than failure, what if we just stay stuck? What if we just stay the same 50 of us and we never make a dent in Los Alamos? I don't want to be a part of that. You don't want to be a part of that. But if I'm honest, my, my fears and anxieties kind of roll in that. Some of us, we're afraid of getting stuck in our marriage. I'm in a marriage and it's stuck. Maybe we're, we're afraid of losing our job or getting put in a financial position that we can't handle. Maybe it's our kids and not being able to protect them or, or be able to control them in some way. Like, oh, we don't know what's going to happen with our kids. What are you afraid of? Whatever you fear the most... I know reveals where you trust God the least. What are you worrying about? Because it's showing an area where you trust God the least. And he's saying, show me where my anxieties are. Show me where my worries are. Show me my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. That's not fun. I remember as a teenager thinking, okay, I'll pray these prayers. God, I'll open up to you and I'll pray. And, and I, I pray to God, hey, speak to me, whatever you want. And I'm kind of thinking as it goes, he's going, oh, well, Mike, you're, you're like the best, man. You're like one of the best teenagers I know. You're a good kid. You get good grades. Fantastic way to go. Only that's not what I heard. As a teenager praying and opening up to God, you're a You're a fake. You're living a double life. You present this, but you're living this. I'm like, oh, this is how the conversation's going to go, God? <laughs> like, um, you're just going to cut right to the heart of it and, like, just really hit the bullseye on me. Like, wow, you're going to point it out. Yes. And if God, if you say, God, search me, I'm open, search me, he's going to speak. 
and he's going to reveal some things about yourself that you don't like, that you don't necessarily want to hear, but not to shame you, not to condemn you. He says, lead me on the path of everlasting life. God has a great plan for you. And if you pray this dangerous prayer, he will point some things out and say, hey, I got a better way. It hurts to hear the truth in your life, but he will cut right to your soul and say, and this is creating a gap between us. Search me is a dangerous prayer when you really give God access to your heart and soul, but it leads to everlasting life. The second dangerous prayer that we can pray is break me. Break me. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, it says this, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. This is Paul writing, and he says, I've had a, a thorn in my flesh. We don't know if it was literally a thorn or if it was figuratively, but he says, I've asked God to take it away. And each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's the gospel right there. To see anything that's happened in your life, good or bad, and, and point it to Jesus. Say, this is the power of God working in my life. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses, in the insults, hardships, persecutions, troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. If I have pain, I know there's power that is greater than my pain. Paul was in prison many times, yet he's still using that as a power source to see people work and expand the kingdom even when he was in chains. He's like, even if I'm in chains, I'm a free man. Break me is the last thing that I want. You may not want to pray this prayer. I don't want to pray this prayer. You don't have to pray this prayer if you don't want to. It doesn't make you more spiritual. It doesn't necessarily make you any better than any other Christians. But it is a prayer that is dangerous. Because when we impress, I think we impress through our strengths. But if you want to connect with others, you will connect through your weaknesses. All the heroes of our faith were broken. I mean, just anyone, you pick your favorites. Joseph was broken. Job, broken. Jonah, broken. Daniel, broken. Peter, Jesus' best friend, denied Jesus, screwed up big time when Jesus got arrested. Hey, Peter, aren't you one of him? Aren't you one of those guys? No, I don't know the man. I don't know him. No, sure, surely you're, you're with him. No, I don't know him. Three times, denied knowing his best friend. After the resurrection, you'd think, oh no, I'm really, I'm, I'm really in trouble. Jesus isn't going to want to do anything with me. But if you read in John, I think it's chapter 21, Jesus comes to, to, to Peter and he restores him. He says, Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you, Jesus. Now, Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you. How many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three times. How many times did Jesus ask him if he loved him to restore him and say, that's no more. I know you were broken. 
I, you broke down and wept. You're forgiven. And he says, go feed my sheep. I got, I got an assignment for you, Peter. Don't just stay in that brokenness. Use that brokenness because you're going to be the guest speaker at Pentecost. That's a pretty big gig. Like ask any preacher. That would be one that would be like, wow, that's pretty amazing. 3,000 people got saved that day. Peter was a leader in the church. He went from denying Jesus to about 40, 50 days later to just blatantly just opening up and sharing the gospel. When you're broken, when you're truly broken, you don't care what other people think. I've, I've, I've been in some instances where right after someone passes and people are just broken and they're grieving, they don't give a rip about what anybody in the room is thinking. They're just feeling. This is not a fun prayer to pray. Pain, it hurts. Some of us have envisioned our marriage going a certain way and we've come to realize it is never going to happen and, it, and we're broken. I have a friend of mine just these past few weeks, he's been married for 40 years. And his wife said, I want to separate. I'm done. He's broken, devastated. I believe if we hand our brokenness over to God, I'm broken. He's the great physician. He is the healer. And he can take some of our greatest pains and hurts in our lives and use them in ways that we would never, ever see. Now, I, I, I almost like I hesitate, God. I don't want to pray this prayer. But break me to the point to where I depend on you and nothing else. There's pride in my life. Break me of my pride. Whatever it takes to break me of my pride, God, break me. If I've got things going on in my life, Break me. If I'm, if I'm honest and I, I, I look at, okay, God, I, I had the double life as a teenager. Um, I was a fake. If I look at my fears of, of I'm, I'm afraid the church is going to fail. I'm always, you're always kind of searching me and saying, Mike, you're always busy. You're always busy. You're, you're doing stuff all the time and, and uh, you're, you're busy and you got some insecurities. You got some really deep insecurities. And I look at all those things throughout my life. I, I'm not happy to admit to you today, like a lot of what I struggle with is I seek the approval of people a lot more than I seek the approval of God. And as your pastor, that's like, it's very embarrassing and humbling to admit. But I know all of that points not to shame me, but to point to my need for Jesus. It points to my need for, I need a savior. I can't fix it. I need a fixer. I need a healer. And that is Jesus. So break me if I'm broken today. I'm trusting that on the other side of that is a breakthrough. That if I lean into Jesus and it hurts, it points to my need to Jesus and there's a breakthrough. That's the gospel. That we're broken already. I'm broken. 
We're broken. We can't heal ourselves. But Jesus is the healer. His body was broken. His blood was shed. He, denied, was, he died and rose again. Why? So that whoever calls on his name shall be saved, forgiven, and transformed. All he wants is all of you. So he'll work to break you. The third dangerous prayer is send me. Send me. This comes from Isaiah chapter 6. He says, Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And Isaiah responds, Here I am. Send me. What, it, what happens in that verse? That's in verse uh, 8. But in verse, chap, in verse 1 of chapter 6, it says, in the, It was the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. The year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. If, if you don't know anything about it, Isaiah and Uzziah were friends. So you could say it another way. In the year my good friend died. In the year I was broken, I saw God. God will meet you in your brokenness. When he sees God, he says, he says I am a man of unclean lips. I, like I have no, no reason to be with you, God. And watch watch. What happens, it says that an angel came to him and touched him with a coal on his lips. It says, see, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Search me, God. God, I am sinful. I have no reason to be with the holy God. Oh, but you are forgiven. He's not going to condemn you. And then he says, I want to send you. When we're broken, we can either run from God or we can run to God. Send me is like an open contract. And I know we're all afraid. If we say, oh, God, send me, then you're going to tell me to sell everything, sell the house. I'm going to live in Africa forever and I'll never see my family or anything like that. Uh, he's probably not going to tell you that. He could. I would say if he does tell you that, like talk to people and see and make sure don't sell your business today. But we need to give him that openness to say, God, whenever, whoever, wherever, the answer is yes. Send me. Search me. Break me. Send me. When I go golfing and I take the club of my choice, um, when you get on the tee box and you tee it up to hit your first shot, there's usually a fairway. And you can see right here, it's, it's really laid out. It's like all nice and smooth. The grass is perfect. If you land in the fairway, it tells you the direction you need to go to get to the green. But it also, if you hit there, it's nice. Usually your ball's just like teed up and, and sitting just perfectly. So your next shot, you're good to go. Now just over to the side of the fairway is a little bit taller grass. It's called the rough. If you go over there, you can still hit out of it, but it's a little bit harder to hit it. It's not as smooth. Then you have sand traps over here. Now this is where I typically play golf. All right. How'd your round go? Well, I felt like Robin Hood because I was just in the forest the whole time. All right. Out of bounds. And I'm in here in the tree. And I think a lot of us, when it comes to prayer, we're like, we're in the trees. Our life, we've been going, well, I'm going to go my own way. I, I, I got my own plans, doing my own thing. And then we're like, okay, God, should I go in this direction or should I go in this direction? And we're praying. And he's like, you're in the trees. 
And you're like, oh, I know, God, but like, if you would answer this prayer, like, I see the flag, like, right over there. So if I just line it up, maybe when I hit it, it will, like, ricochet off of that tree, then bounce off that rock, then up and over that tree, and then it would, you know, go over and onto the green. Like, I think it can happen. And, and God's like, I can do miracles, but that's a cold day in hell before that shot's ever going to happen. Like we're in the woods trying to ask questions that he's never intended for us to go in that direction. And I think if we were to open up with some of these dangerous prayers of God, search me, God, break me, God, send me. He'd say, hey, why don't we just get back in the fairway today? Instead of trying to make this incredible shot, like let's just get back into my word. Let's start building a relationship. Let's just, let's take the nice safe shot. Let's get back into the fairway today so you can get on the path that I have designed for you so you can see a little bit more clearly now. When, when you and I pray and we open up to God, and we're going to pray here in a minute. We have some stations. It's like we've got the tee and we've teed it up. And now we're set. To follow God on this path. We're setting ourselves up. These prayers work. These dangerous prayers work. Not because they move God. We don't serve a God that, that's, that is that small. Oh God, I, if I just say these words with such passion. Or if I say them this many times or with this sincerity. Then you'll bend to my will. Like I got to convince God. No. They don't move God. They work. Because they work on me. We tee it up for God to speak in our lives. And some of us today, we're hurting. You're broken. But because of our pride, we won't let any of that through. I would just say, go ahead and break today. Go ahead and break. Some of you, you're fighting battles that God has already won for you today. You know that, right? Like victory is already had. So today, what I want to encourage you when you pray these prayers, don't go out of here trying harder or doing more to make God happy. My suggestion, what I'm trying to encourage you to do today when you pray, surrender more to Jesus. The battle has already been won. Victory is yours. Let's get on God's path for our lives today. Jesus, right before he went on the, to the cross, he prayed a prayer. And he said, man, if there's any other way, there's any other way. And then he said, not my will, not my will, God, but your will be done. I had a friend this week speaking to my life, some encouraging words, but also some truthful words, speaking to my insecurity. He said, Mike, you just need to grip it and rip it. When it comes to golf, he's like, hey, feel like you're holding back. Why don't you just grip it and rip it? Just let it go, man, and hit it. Well, prayer, you guys got a tee. Prayer is like setting it, that ball right on that tee. And it's ready to go. And Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. I'm ready to grip it. And rip it. But one thing you know, if you're a golfer, you can get up here and it's teed up and you're ready to grip it and rip it. You're ready to walk out these doors and grip it and rip it. But as you swing back and you go to swing, if you stop right here and do not follow through, 
that ball will not go in the direction that you want it to go. You're teed up. When you pray, you are teed up. You are ready to go. But it is important as we walk outside these doors today that we don't stop right here. That we follow through with whatever God has called you to do. If he's spoken to you today with a dangerous prayer. This week, as you pray a dangerous prayer and he speaks, let's be a church that takes next steps and follow through. Thank you again for listening to the podcast at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. A few next steps that you can take coming out of this. One is head to our website and let us know just exactly how we can help you take your next step. Also, if we have had a positive impact in your life or in your family and you want to partner with us financially, you can go to our website and click give. That will get the message out so we can impact more people through this ministry. And finally, click the subscribe button. That way you know you get the latest content from the podcast as well as rate it, review it. That will help get the message out to others. Hope you have a a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening.